Biff, how do you get a barber to cross the street? Yeah. How do you get a barber to cross the street, Jock? You yell, comb over here. Comb over here. Good Lord. Right, this, 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 this one you're going to love. I know it. You're going to love this one. Ugh. Biff, what do zombies and my jokes have in common? Like they're both undead or something? I don't know. A lot of groaning. A lot of groaning. I'm going to go step in front of the mirror. And I'm going to say a man's name three times, and I'm going to hope that he appears, right? I'm coming to the mirror. Joe! 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 Damn it! Damn it! Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Oh, look at that! Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Oh, my God. What the hell? I got him again! God damn it! You got me with a Reese's peanut butter cups. All right, now, Peter, this is the second time he's fallen for this. Let's start with this next time. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I had to reference James Woods, but, yeah, you know. that's true. Hey. Ooh. That was, it was, that's just a funny bit. I'm it's sorry. It's a great bit. I hate, you know, Louis C.K. said funny things at yes. one point, you know. Um, with that amount of cancellation due. Oh, hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> there you go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I, of course, am Jacques. Biff. And again, Joe. Ooh, um, Joe. I, did, I did not put this on the rundown because I've talked about it so much the last couple of weeks. I can't believe we haven't done a podcast since it. I don't know anything that's happened in my life that has made me happier or prouder to say on this podcast that my cousin... Um, Jimmy Fowley is officially a writer on Saturday Night Live. That that is amazing. He's amazing. living my dream. He's living my dream. He's living our dream. And uh, his first show was October first. Joe is going to be coming over. No, his first show was in 1994. Take it away, Joe. Jimmy Fowley made his, I think, television. Network, I think no, it's not network, a television debut back on formal edition, a little side uh side show we did back in the uh, in the nineties, uh in Lexington Public Access, where he played supposedly the replacement for one of the three hosts on the show, Steve, and you know, Jim and myself were the co-hosts who apparently didn't notice that it wasn't the real Steve, but in fact, just a random seven-year-old who wandered into our sketch. And then as the show progressed, he, you know, we, 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 we took a shine to him and we were like, you know what, Steve, you never sounded so professional, so articulate. What is, you know, what's, what's different about you? And then the real Steve walks in and then we are, you know, look at confused and we go, well, if he's the real Steve, who are you? And then out of nowhere, he just says, Fuck Henry and runs away. <laughs> Fuck Henry. Fuck Henry. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Because uh, Jacques wrote that line. And <laughs> I didn't know who Buck Henry was by name back then because I was a dumb 17 year old yeah. who didn't read the credits. It's, uh, it, it, it is. It was, uh, my cousin Jimmy has like floppy blonde hair. Steve had blonde hair. So that was the running joke. You know, that, anyway. And his big line on the show was, guys, this show smells great. <laughs> And uh, you know what? Um, what an actor, because it did not. It did not smell great at all. 
<laughs> bunch of high school boys and me yeah, and mustard <laughs> yeah. a lot of mustard we you know when you know. when you say it like that jock you just sound so pedo i just gonna say oh, oh. You, you know i've joked i said that to joe a few years ago were you 16 when i met you Going on 17. Yeah, go. And so I was doing this cable access show, you know, for for a year plus. And the guy who ran the studio probably was a pedophile. Wait a second. Them's suing words. So he, uh, but, you know, I had had a a relatively successful regional music video comedy show. And he says to me, it's like, hey, these high school kids have this show. They're trying to figure things out. Can you, you know, kind of jump in the mix? And I talked with them and Joe was like, he said he was 16, 16. He says he was 16 going on 17, which I think you're just quoting sound of music songs. Joe was 16 going on 58, maybe 59. He was born old. I'm, tu- I'm turning a hundred this month. So really- and you know, he did not know who Buck Henry is, but he got comedy. He knew your show of shows. He, 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 you know, you know, was, super into like Conan and stuff like that. And we started doing, so I think that was episode three. I jumped on board episode four, maybe three, four. Uh, and then Joe and I would write the show. Those guys would just show up and, and yeah. And then, then the rest was history magic. And it was, but I remember saying to him a few years ago when his son was like 17, I'm like, if your son came home and said, Hey, I'm hanging out with this 24-year-old college grad a couple days a week doing video stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? It was a different time. It was a different time. But anyways, my cousin Jimmy, who we've talked about a lot, I mean, since then, since he did our show, he's not stopped working. He went to, you know, he he was always into theater, theater productions as a kid. He went to one of those fame high schools actually for dancing, uh, ended up going on a scholarship to a special acting track. I think USC is a huge school, but I think there was only like 25 kids in this acting thing. And while doing that, he joins the Growlings, uh, wrote a couple plays, one play a couple years ago that went off Broadway that got a lot of, got him a lot of notoriety, like, you know, written up in us and people and all this stuff. I At least two, possibly three times in the last five years, his agent has called and says, you know, Saturday Night Live is either coming out to see you or they want an audition tape. And uh, primarily, like, acting is his big thing. But he also is one of those guys, I don't got any acting roles right now. I'm going to write something I can be in. And he wrote this thing called Go Go Boys Interrupted. Check it out on YouTube. Um, Chris Evans' brother is a co-star in this. I think they did, like, 12 episodes of it. Very, very, very funny. It was one of these things. He wrote it. and. Uh, got picked up by I think it was Own Network or Out Network. One I forget the name. Own of is uh, Oprah's network. Out is the gay. It was so it was Out, but it was uh, the precursor to Out, like the first in the closet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so there, there was some network that specialized in LGBT. Oh, uh, was it Bravo. Bra- no, no logo. Logo. I think it was logo. Optioned it for a year. They did nothing with it. They got it back. A year later, own like took it, it took an option for it, did nothing with it. He got it back. He's like, I know enough fucking people. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just do this myself and puts right. it on YouTube and gets like, you know, a million, couple million, you know, views, for, you know, per episode. Wow. And then, yeah, then, you know, going back to the growlings and he would show up on this Nickelodeon show. He would show up on Two Broke Girls. He would show up on, you know, he was a working actor. 
you know, supplementing income by running theater class, like working for the growlings and that stuff, doing corporate, like, you know, one time I went to LA and he's like, I'm so sorry, but I have to go to uh, Colorado or something. It was one of those big, like, you know, comedians make more money doing oh, yeah. corporate gigs. Yeah. I mean, D- Dana, right, right, Dana right. Carvey made it, you know, for, for years yeah. after SNL, after the Dana Carvey show and stuff, he would make yeah. tons of money. On and so, so Jimmy would do that. And then a couple of years ago he did. This thing, uh, take all you know, in La La Land, this girl was in this one woman play, and there was like a four or five clips for like 45 seconds. Him and his writing partner wrote out a 90 minute play of what this awful, awful, cringe beyond belief, <laughs> hard to watch, awful sim play would be. And it was, it was the most hysterical hard watch ever. That's what it was supposed to be. And, <laughs> and it was supposed to be a weekend run or a two weekend run at the Growlings. It runs for a few months. Celebrities start coming in droves to see it. It's this one woman play that he he's it, he's yeah right. casting himself in he's the in. role. Yeah. And, and then it goes up to San Francisco and does like a month run, and then it goes off Broadway for a few months. And you know, we all went out to see it. And, uh, and like I said, uh, then a couple seasons for two seasons, he had an arc on the other two on Comedy Central. Um, really, really funny character. So he's in New York for a while. He packs up. He goes back to L.A. A week later, the show calls and says, well, we're not bringing that character back, but would you come right for the show? Because he's really funny. <laughs> and he's like, well, you yeah. could have told me this a week ago and saved the movie call. <laughs> As he's getting ready to move back to write this season on the, you know, the other two, that's when he got the call from SNL saying, hey, can you huh? submit a writing packet? And he's like, okay. Uh, and, and. You know, we were supposed to get together. It was when the boys and I were out there. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. if you I, I'm a little pissed that you took my phone call, <laughs> let alone just, and, uh, and, and then I didn't hear a week goes by and then it's like two weeks and I don't want to call. I, I don't, I don't want to call and say, you know, I'll, I'll sidebar. He was writing on Tubi for a year. Oh, wow. He was in the writer's room on this show, this animated show uh, that they had when he got a text message from his boyfriend, like sending him an article. It's like, guess you're out of a job. And he's like, and he says to the room, he goes, well, we're all done. And somebody's (laughs) like, what's going on? It's like, yeah, we're shut down. And like the head writer's like, sit down, Jimmy, come on, stop. Stop goofing off. And he said, like, and then it was something out of a sitcom or a movie. Everybody's phone starts like, bing, 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 bing. And it's like, yep, we're out of a job. Oh, a job. Wow. That's like the story of Gilbert Godfrey waiting in line to see if he was going to be picked up for the next season. And then he's reading the fan mail in line. And it's like, sorry to hear that you got kicked off SNL, that yeah. kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there was one letter addressed to him. Right. And that was it. And it wasn't from his mom. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, I mean, for every one success Jimmy has, he's been knocked down at least a hundred times. You know, it's, it's been since he came on formal edition in 1994, he has not (laughs) stopped working, writing, acting, dance, all this stuff. So, Oh, that's what I did wrong. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Give up every waking moment and dedicate it to one and one thing only. No. So I I honestly, and, and so, we got, I got the phone call and it was really special. I, I couldn't have planned this. I was dropping my boys off because my mom was management and I were getting ready, you know, to fly out to LA. And that's when he called. And so 
it's my mom, my sister's there, my brother's. It just happened, not my brother, but my sister and my mom, you know, my boys. And it was just really nice because, I, uh, honestly, he's more of a nephew than a cousin. And, you know, the age thing. And, honestly, I don't know a sweeter guy. I don't know a nicer guy. I don't know a, a, a harder working guy. I'm sitting right here. And I and next to Joe, I don't know a funnier guy. Like 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 his, you know, he is. He's just one funny motherfucker. Well, congratulations to Jimmy Fowley. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, and and you know, um, John Mulaney um, has got to start as a writer on a show. It's going to one of these things is like he's not a feature player. You know, he's a writer, and then but that's obviously like a huge huge thing. You know, so we might not see him on screen for a while. You know, but. You know, fingers crossed. You know, uh, they're gonna need. A... He pulls a Lenny and Squiggy, writes yeah. himself Hello. in a skit. And, and, <laughs> no, he he's he uh, honestly, it, it's true. He's living when when Joe and I started hanging out, like ninety three, ninety four. It's all we ever wanted to do. Like you know, the the closest we came is we actually got a phone call. Now, oh fuck, well, why? The closest I... I came was actually going to see a taping of Conan O'Brien. And that's no, but in that we building. got we got a call. Why am I blanking on? He's been Conan's producer since day one. Because we submitted the writing pack, and I re- I, I see Jeff Ross, Jeff Ross, and 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 he, he called us, and he went over the writing pack. I mean, that that was that was. It, is it the is, is it the comic? Jeff no, Ross? no, no, completely different guy. Okay. Like that. Because I was gonna say, whoa, that's we we, weird. we did cross paths with that Jeff Ross because he came okay. by when Joe and I were doing an episode of our sketch comedy show in L.A a decade after the one that Jimmy was on and we had a bunch of porn stars do a bunch of, it was, it was a tribute to Benny Hill episode and right, right, right. Jeffrey Ross knew the, we'll call him a broker who who had <laughs> access to these. Uh, and in each one of the girls who came and did it was completely, completely sweet and funny and awesome. And, and you know, then we shot promos a little while later and that's Wait, where Sally we, was one of them. No, was Sally right? wasn't in the first oh, one. But okay. I think because of, you know, that maybe the industry is so small and people know everybody. Like, yeah, these guys are actually looking for girls to be funny and be part of this thing. They're not just using and, this to. And might I say, tits. in those sketches, they were the most talented people on screen. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. No argument. You know, uh, no argument whatsoever. So we'll get into the show now. But uh, literally, um, it's like with this, this reminds me of, you know, the. The, the the 90 year old guy whose wife of 60 years passes away and he goes to confession and he sits down and you know the priest says you know you know um, whatever the priest say in there I'm not Catholic never been in there and he says uh you know I haven't been here in a while you know I haven't blah blah blah, blah. He goes well what's going on he goes my wife of 60 years has passed away and three months ago and right now I'm having sex with almost a different woman every day of the week and doing stuff I didn't even know that people did. And the priest <laughs> says, I understand and the Lord understands you're grieving. Say, ten Hail Marys and ten Our Fathers and all's forgiven. He goes, I can't do that. The priest says, why not? He goes, because well, I'm not Catholic. The priest says, well, why are you telling me all this? So I'm telling everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so so I honestly, I think I wore out the the T button on my phone texting everybody when I got the word from Jimmy. It's like I I was literally in tears. I couldn't be more happy and I couldn't be more proud. Yeah. Um, and I can't be um 
more happy that I'm actually going to get some traffic on my YouTube channel when I upload that video of Jimmy <laughs> Fowley <laughs> exploiting him for all of my financial gains. He's not sharing in any of my monetization. Sorry, Jimmy. Not this time. He, he also, in that time... Uh, for Beyond It, and that you know, that's the song I'll go out on. It's a song called My Time. Jimmy was the star of that music video. I did a music video where it was a little kid and a and a girl going to a grunge club, and they're dancing while all the adults around the room are like playing kid games like Shoots and Ladders and Candyland. And it was oh, was uh, that the conceit? It was like a role reversal. It was, I, yeah, yeah. We're Fellini over here, yeah, I didn't right? You like that? Yeah, uh, uh, and it was uh, at Bill's Bar. It truly. Truly in the shadow of Fenway, you know, it was, it was a fun shoot, but Jimmy was the star of that. Um, and in all seriousness, it could not happen to a nicer guy. Like it, like there's a lot of douchebags who fail upward. He has earned everything he's ever gotten. And this is just the starting point for him. And honestly, could not be happier and prouder. Well, congratulations again. And you know what? Considering that 17 people have left SNL last season, he might get, <laughs> right, right. He might get on camera pretty sooner yeah. than later. Uh, so we recorded a sideshow before we did this. We're gonna, And I was saying to, the, to, to Biff and Joe, uh, now that I'm kind of trying to do stand-up again and I've met a bunch of people at, at these open mics and stuff who've been like, can I come on your podcast? It's like, yeah, but you know, I'm going to try to do more sideshows with more losers like me trying to, and middle ages for no reason at all do this. Uh, and another guy, middle ages being funny for no reason at all, was the subject of this week's sideshow, our really great friend Woody. Biff and I have known him 30 years? Is it close to 30 years? Yeah, probably like at least 25 years I've known Woody. Yeah, it's probably about 25, yeah, for me. It's like, well, yeah, 95, 96. Right around there, yep. You know, and, and, and again, a, a hilarious guy. Uh, Woody loves coffee, L-U-V-S on Twitter. Like the diapers. Thank you. <laughs> Are you saying it's comedy shitty? Uh, Woody loves loves coffee. No, I'm saying, uh, saying I piss off the lips. <laughs> own, own the lips. All right. Let's own the lips. All right. We've talked about this. Dang it. Uh, but yeah, uh, somebody who has some uh, After Effects skills and is quite the funny guy, and he's out there uh, blowing up. As the kids would say, you know, we're like the Joe Franklin of success. Like all these, <laughs> uh, you know, great people come to us to, you know, brag about their success. And we're like, OK, well, we'll see you later. We're just going to stay in our basement and lose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I already said it went out to L.A. for my third time. I saw management took us back out there. She saw Duran Duran three nights at the Hollywood Bowl. I will say. I went with friend of the podcast. Ronick went with us and uh, her friend and management and I, they end it. First of all, the Hollywood Bowl is one of those destination places. You have to see a show there. It doesn't matter what the show is. It's just this. I went to a Trump rally there. Did you? It was pretty great. Yeah, You know know what? I mean, it didn't fill. (laughs) Just the first three rows. You know, I mean. Uh, oh gosh, who played at the hall? The heart, oh the Flintstones. What did they call the Hollywood uh, Bowl? The Holly Rock Bowl. The Holly Rock Bowl. And Was I, it Anne Margrock. Anne Margrock. Thank you. I yeah. knew it. I knew you knew that. Of course. Um, of course. I didn't see Anne Margrock there, but we started to render and They end it with a near to rock to rock. You mean? I do, yes. Uh, now the song's in my head. Are you happy? I won't be able to do the rest. Yes, you will be happy if I get to the rest of the show. That was the Joe's playing the long game. And uh, but they did. They did a near eight minute and an amazing 
I don't know how much money they spent firework display um, at the end of the show when they ended on Rio. It was fantastic. It was supposed to be the last night of the tour, but luckily they added two shows, October 30th and 31st in Vegas, which management is going out to. She's going to stay in L.A. because three days after that, they're doing a um, on on tribal land at at a casino. They, they did a pop-up private like last minute show they announced this week and then she, on that Saturday she sees him inducted into the Hall of Fame but uh wow I'm not making that trip Joe you're a dismal failure yep as oh. we talked about in the last up yeah last segment yep. there Joe Joe how, how am I doing in the, in the comedy world where, 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 where you you know where, 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 where would you see what there's hope Joe oh, there's yeah? hope so what Joe's not loving she Hulk I like it not for everybody. But there's hope for you, Joe. There's hope for me. Did you see episode three with the magician? Yes. Well, that was episode four. Was it episode three or four? Two, yeah. It was four. I think it was four. Do you remember uh, Johnny Blaze was the was the magician's name? Who was the yeah. kind of? Do you remember his sidekick? You know, uh, old black guy who was like, do this oh, thing. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That old black guy actually has a name. Yep. His name is Leon Lamar. Okay. Leon Lamar is 104 years old. Wow. Great for him. Right? Yeah. Didn't start acting till his 70s. No, like like Rodney Dangerfield. Sure. (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, how, 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 uh, literally, he got in. It's funny because we had, you know, our friend Al the Toy Man who who did a sideshow with us. He retired after being a trinket salesman selling cocoa melon shit to to dollar stores around the. Right. California, and he loved it. He loved his job. He was great at it. He was a great sideshow. It was about six months after that, he was bored out of his mind, decided to do extra work. And now I cannot post it, but I can say I have a picture of him in a wig and speedo mm. because he is at a pool party at Jerry Buss in next season's winning time. Oh. Uh, so, no, he works all the time. This guy. 104 years old and he's still out and he was great would you would you thought he'd be like late I, 60s 70s ish you know what maybe there's a darker reason why he's doing this maybe he needs health insurance and you know he needs like uh, because, because the acting industry is where you get health insurance i don't know isn't that where but how great is that like like yeah so so i you know a couple of weeks ago i drive out to worcester to do my little stand-up thing at this place called ralph's which is a place I think the last time you were at Ralph's, the band was playing there like, with Dave Wait. Mirabella. Oh, uh, oh, where was it then? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, the last okay. time I was I thought at it Ralph's. Was, uh, Gold Star Boulevard. They, they, that, they oh, right, for yeah, us. Yeah, that's right, right, right. No, <laughs> we opened for them. No, you they opened, did. We what? let them go on last. I'm trying. No, they had to go on first. It was Mirabella. Anyways, yeah. it, that was yeah, a great yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah. But I went there. I went there to do stand up, and the whole drive out there, like I was telling, I was talking to Joe on the phone when I did stand up when I stayed in with Renetsky in the summer and I found a place a hundred yards away. The good thing was the walkover was too short for me to talk myself out <laughs> of doing it. And to get to Ralph's was like an hour drive. And the whole, the first 10 minutes was going over the routine in my head, being excited about it. And then 50 minutes of what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing, what is your end game yeah. here? <laughs> Let me break it down for you. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you want, and you don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, Niagara Falls. Anyways, yeah. Uh, no, no, so no, how did on, it... I'm looking to 
Yeah, we weren't going to get to the self-indulgent dinner. <laughs> it's down at the end of the list. You I'm not spr- look at the rundown? I'm sprinkling it throughout the God entire podcast. Um, but yeah, so no, that's that's just crazy inspiring. Well, good for, good for the old guy that's still, you know, that's kicking it. Yeah. So Joe and I, uh, you know, it was in between, I think just before, no, just after I got back from L.A., management had to do a weekend overnight thing. And that's when Joe comes over and uh, we watch stuff. And and we fell down a rabbit hole a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. Chris Elliott is one of the greatest comic talents this nation has ever produced. And I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. No, 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 no. You haven't said it on the podcast. He did SpongeBob too, didn't he? Is that right? What's that? Did he do SpongeBob? Did he do SpongeBob? Did he do SpongeBob? Was he a voice? No, no. He, Tom Kenny does the voice of SpongeBob. No, no. But wasn't he? No, no, no. no voices. He, he was like, a, uh, did he do like? He, I thought he did like a live action character on SpongeBob for some reason. Uh, anyway, well, maybe, I digress. If, it's okay. Yeah, no. I, if he, it's probably more recent. If I, because I've watched every SpongeBob up to season okay. ten. Could could you break down <laughs> what we watched for the fine listeners? Okay. Um, well, we don't have any fine listeners, so I'll break it down anyway. Uh. Yeah, we just watched the like just random best of clips of Chris Elliott doing his thing on the late night with David Letterman show from 1985, where he would introduce a sec. You know, David would Dave would be doing his bit. You know, just sort of like uh, you know, coming up tomorrow we have uh, you know uh, Michael Jackson. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody from the mid 80s. Maybe yeah, Tony Orlando, (laughs) and then all and then all of a sudden it it like dissolves from his shot to an another like opening intro and it's like you hear chris elliott's voice going you know live from dave letterman's studio it's <laughs> it's uh the chris elliott show i forget what it's called <laughs> as just the, the chris elliott show starring chris elliott and then it cuts to like a little miniature stage on the stage like a little miniature set where like these two big doors come out uh, open apart and Chris Elliott comes out, and there's like a caricature of Chris Elliott's face on the doors as they open. So he comes through, you know, takes a bow. He's got this ridiculous, like, you know, uh, Kenny Loggins wig on. <laughs> <laughs> Sits down at a desk with a guest chair next to it. He has like a miniature audience of like six people in folding chairs, like cramped right next to the stage. And he's doing like a five minute, seven minute miniature interview show with a legitimate guest like you know now let's welcome my guest linda carter linda Carter was his first <laughs> guest. and the real linda carter walks out and sits down and she's go she's there to promote her like a mini series or some sort of like special that made, she had made for tv movie made for tv movie that came out the week prior <laughs> or like it had like debuted like the night before so he's like a day late to it and you know he's and, and this is when people don't have like VCRs, you know, not everybody has VCRs and things don't repeat. <laughs> yeah, so and and then and then they, like, it wraps up by Dave walking over and you know Chris Elliott's treating it like a Bob Hope walk on, like oh my God, David Letterman is on the show, everybody. <laughs> David Letterman, well, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Your Highness. Um, you know, and then it's like okay, uh, Chris, it's a you know he even has like, has like a cigar in his hand. He's like okay, Chris, it's it's time to wrap it up. I think you know I think the audience is getting a little bored with the premise of you doing a show within my show. And, and the best part 
is on the Chris Elliott show, he had a sidekick who would run, do a run on the way that the uh, Chris Elliott would be the man under the stairs on Dave Letterman. Yeah, he had another guy doing like the guy under the seats. And it was his co-writer, um, Adam Ronick, Re- Adam Resnick, who co-created like Get a Life with him and wrote uh, Cabin Boy. You know the the the, the classic Cabin but, Boy. But the fact that he had his own Chris Elliott on the show, yeah. we watched that for hours. And then all the other things, the, um, oh, the oh, parody the, of the future, the, the, the fugitive, fugitive guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, the fugitive guy. It's like you know who who you got sitting in the uh, band for you tonight, Paul? It's like oh you know this is a uh, Jimmy McGill. So so is he doing anything now? Like I haven't I feel like I haven't seen him in ages. He did Shits Creek. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was on Shits Creek. And um I think you know, like I think he appeared in like his daughter's projects. Like his daughter did a movie and he like did a little bit part in that. But um, you know, I think he's just I think he's living off of the get a life money, really. And and there's (laughs) there's an archivalist who Joe has talked about who NBC has kind of let slide for years because he is truly doing he the worked, Lord's he, work. Actually, uh, so Don Giller, who you're talking about, is the archivist. He was like a huge fan of the Letterman show. I, I talked about him on the podcast before, but he's a guy who literally has every episode of the Letterman show from late night to late show to actually from the David Letterman show from the early the daytime 80s. one? Yes. Oh, that's and, awesome. And he has like... He's an archivist. Like he's like he has VHS tapes that he's all digitized, and they're on yeah. DVD backups, and, and he upload. He would upload segments constantly to his YouTube channel. He goes by the Dons online, and he was um, eventually like when Letterman started his channel on their 40th anniversary uh, of the original show, like the late night show. Uh, they brought on Don Giller as sort of a consultant. So the, he's getting actually paid by oh. the Letterman organization. So, so you don't have to search all this stuff. You can just put. The Fugitive Guy. You can just put, you know, the Chris Elliott show, and it's in chronological order, and he puts up a tag, like, aired on this day, aired between all of it, and it's just... All right, and then there's one other thing to, to wrap this segment up. There is, like, this um, cable access piano player from New York City, cable access, and he was, like, this okay. kind of, like, yeah. balding, like, kind of flamboyant guy. Um... And like an older guy with glasses, and he would just play like requests from callers, and but he would play it on the piano, and it was just like out of context. You're watching Chris Elliott play this character, and it's like the, I guess he's making fun of somebody, but I don't know who. And God, I would love to know who he was making fun of because this is from the mid '80s. How are you gonna search that? And then Don Giller at the end of the compilation <laughs> puts the most recent like '90s episode of the actual cable guy that he was making fun of <laughs> and, and you're like oh wow that's great now i know the context wow. he nailed it yeah so yeah. i so i barely know what i had for breakfast i cannot tell you what day of the week it is half the time anymore Friday. um that said i remembered a tv show it was a short-lived show and it 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 was either a mid Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. It's, um, it's, uh, I don't know. You will- Holmes and Yo-Yo. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holmes and Yo-Yo. There's yeah. a, there's Shields a and Yarnell. I remember. Shields and Yarnell. Well, here's the fucked up thing, Biff. And, and, and Joe knows where I'm going because he went on this journey with me. I 
it, it lasted like I, I don't remember how many episodes I don't know if it was a mid-season replacement that didn't come back I don't know if it was a fall show that only lasted a few episodes but this show has been in my dome for 40 years 40 plus years and the only verification I have that it actually existed and it wasn't a fever dream as a child is my sister vaguely remembered I would say remember that show where X, Y, and Z happened and I've looked, I've looked online, I've, I've looked through books of like, you know, sitcoms of the 80s, I could never find this. How did we stumble upon it? So I, um, I followed this, or this other YouTube channel that compiles the theme song intros to every TV show from a certain season. So, you know, it'll be like, this video is the fall lineup you know of 1972 or 1983 or whatever and we would just I, so i i kind of organized the playlist on my youtube and i just threw it up on jock's tv and we landed on spring of 82 and it would go like you know bosom buddies and all these things and then this thing popped up and it was like this kind of corny opening you know very to like a jaunty little theme song and I was like, whatever, this is, I'm thinking nothing of it. And Jacques, like, like you know, it's like when you saw the Millennium Falcon in right? Real yes. Life for the first yes. time. You were like, tears were like, you know, shedding from your eyes. And you identified this thing. You're like, oh my God, this is the, I know this show. That's the thing. You know, you were like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time. And, <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, you know. Um, and what was the name of the show? Open All Night. And... So there was a couple other shows. So Joe played one of these streams of videos. And you're like, there's 60 different shows and network TV back then. And they're 30 seconds, 45 seconds. So we're watching because we do have that kind of time. Like these. I have a lot of free time. (laughs) Half hour shows of all these theme songs. And some of them are like shows like we've forgotten about. Like, you know, Barnaby Jones and all this stuff. And like, oh, my God, we got to watch a Rockford file. And I kept wanting to stop and look up these shows. And Joe's was like, let's just enjoy the ride. Then I see that. And and honestly, I find it. And some somebody, it, nine, they, they shot like 12 episodes and nine are online. And I was watching them. And here's the here's how it all ties together. First of all, I can't believe that the show existed. And when and I was saying to Joe, <laughs> I'm like, oh. I remember this is before I watched it. I'm like, the guy gets into a fight with his wife and the place was on Venice beach. He had this convenience store and he makes it up to her. He's going to apologize. She's sitting on the beach and he paid to have a plane fly over carrying one of those like flags and say, you know, I love you, Jennifer or something like that. And, and I was like, how, I didn't remember the show. I remembered the minutia yeah. of the show. I remember the scene from the show. And I did. I quoted like three or four other very. And again, this aired once. It aired. It never went into reruns. It wasn't like, oh, this new show. I'm gonna get a VCR. We 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 had a black and white TV in 19. I'm tapping my forehead. This was your VCR. Right. <laughs> and the fact that I don't know what I had for breakfast, but I remember the show I saw once. <laughs> Forty. I mean, literally came out in '82. Forty years ago. So I'm watching it, and then episode four, I see it. And I send it to Joe with the text message. I send him the link on YouTube. And I said, we are not friends. Do, <laughs> do not call me. 
until you watched this episode. So for a pleasant three weeks, I didn't. No. I was like, oh, my God, this was it. This was my key. No, I so I watched it the next day. And I see that David Letterman makes a guest spot as a guy coming in and asking for directions. And he, the guy, you know, the star of the show who runs the store, gives him directions. And Dave is just like credited as the guy in the suit or man in suit. And he leaves. And then like he comes back mid, mid episode and he goes, Hey, I uh, was just in town again. And um, I just wanted to thank you for giving such great directions, you know, uh, nobody has ever given me such precise and accurate directions before. And, uh, you know, and then that was, it kind of, you know, there was a gag or something after that. And then, um, and then he, like, he came by a third time and I think it was like more of like a tag to the episode. And he goes, um, you know, it's like, do you, Hey, do you think it was a, do you think it would be like a mistake for, to have like a, a TV show, like a network television show that you <laughs> Do you think it's weird to have a network television show and then not have it, and then appear as like a guest spot on a smaller, lesser-known TV show <laughs> like nine months later? And so it, it, Jacques texts me after or while I watching or whatever. He goes, "I feel like a Letterman person, the Letterman writer, had something to do with this because it's it, it had a, a lot of beats of Letterman-esque thing." Lo and behold, it was written by Meryl Marco the co-creator of Late Night with David Letterman and the Letterman, David wow. Letterman show and his, you know, his, uh, you know, girlfriend for many years. And uh, she wrote four episodes of Open All Night. And I think there were some other Letterman-esque writers, like Letterman-adjacent writers or Letterman writers that also did writing on that show. But yeah, this was done between the daytime show and Late Night. Yep. And yeah. And I can't like I can't believe I remember that. And then I don't remember Letterman being. I, I wouldn't have remembered Letterman in '82. Right. Like I wouldn't remember. Oh, this guy, and how inside it was. So that was no. I I I just I just thought it was amazing. And you know, the last thing we're gonna we're gonna talk about for TV for right now is um. And before we'll let you talk to, yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll get there. But 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 I got to hear us talk about us I'm watching some TV. work done here. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> like, like like the episode where Sam came in and we talked Marvel TV shows and you went. I literally folded laundry. And I was like, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add to the Arrowverse conversation you guys are having. Uh, Joe, are all old white game show host Nazis? Oof. Hmm. Is this a trick question? Did you see the picture this week? Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. So what? Oh, listen! Even Biff had that growth. Yeah, Biff, do you want to? Do you want to uh, tell well, the folks? It's, it's, I mean, we're talking about Pat Sajak uh, photograph with the uh, MTG. Is that the what we're referring to? Yeah, I smi- suppose very smart. I, I want to make sure there's not more than one of this happening. So <laughs> no, no, no. Wink Martindale didn't uh, pose with Lauren right. Lauren Boebert. Um, I mean, we but but Wink Martindale's already outed himself, right? So no, well, no, Wink Martindale one of the good no, ones. No, not Wink Martindale. No, it's the other guy. Oh, Woolery. Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. Yeah, no, he's the Chuck Woolery. Yeah, yeah. So, so Pat Sajak, whom I've met, very nice. He was always nice to me. Me. Uh, That's because he was giving you a big fucking check. We don't have to get into the details about how I won $62,000 in the game show 13 years ago. That's fine. Okay. Uh, He won that money. And can you tell us a question? What? What? So, Joe was on, uh, on Wheel of Fortune. And it was akin, it was akin to Cliff Clavin oh, yeah. being on, on, on 
Jeopardy, where the questions were tailored, were, were tailored to Joe. <laughs> What, what was oh it? no! Like uh, the, the one of the puzzles was the, the opening puzzle was um, a quote from the movie War Games. Can uh, shall we play a game? And I buzzed in and solved it and got control of the spinning of the first wheel. And then the one the puzzle I won like ten thousand dollars on just on that one puzzle was fictional characters. No, fictional family or something like, like that. Royal family. No, yeah, something like that. It was like family character, something like that. And it, it was. Um, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. And then, yeah, so there was like two like 80s movies. So there was like an 80s movie theme going. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty much it. And then like the, the last puzzle was called Immediate Supervisor. And then Pat Sajak walks over and goes, yeah, one of my favorite 80s movies. So I was like, <laughs> he's a funny guy, all right? Listen. Everybody makes mistakes oh, yeah. in life, but, but sadly, also uh, kind of an avid Kings fan, so you know, right? But, but Joe, Joe's fifteen minutes of fame didn't end there because the puzzle, like he guessed, like the, he puts up the letters and like two letters come up, and and Matt Ajax's like, well, he doesn't have a lot of help here, but you know, he's surprised us before. You know, do you want to solve the puzzle? And then they, I would go. I said I would be delighted. Which was the answer to the puzzle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the puzzle was I would be delayed. Anyways, that was my little rundown of me being on Will Fortune. Now, but now he's a Nazi. <laughs> no, no. So now, um, I'm very upset. Not because, not so much that Pat Sajak posed with a, a, a smiling with uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green in a photo at some event with a third person who might was her husband or I don't know whatever. Um, I'm upset that I didn't come up with these two great puns. Uh, Vanna White Power and Wheel of, <laughs> and Wheel of 4chan. I'm like, God damn it! I could have, but I didn't put those on my Twitter. But yeah, so, you know, um, I don't know what the context were. Uh, you know what? Uh, Bill Clinton was seen photographed with J Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There, there, there are, you know, question of, uh, listen, obviously he's been a right wing guy for some time. It's not like there, he, there, there's right wing. And then there's the woman who that week yeah. says we are a white Christian na nationalist. Like we, our nation is white Christian nationalist mm. proudly. It's like, uh, anyways. I, yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, okay. So, you know what? They're, they're Vanna White's nice. I like her. I don't think she's, uh, you know, cozying up to um, who's a scumbag of the week over in um, Washington D.C. Who, who's the big, um, uh, like, like, like a, a Josh, Josh Hawley or something like yeah, that? Yeah, no, if they're all, um, well, what, 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 you know, we won't spend too much time on awful because you know that's what the rest of everybody's life is filled with. But uh, it's funny because especially uh, if they listen to this show. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Alan Dushowitz is, as we've talked <gasps> before, is not. I thought you were going to stop on the awful. <laughs> no, no, I said we're Go just going to blow through it. But, 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 but he's not welcomed on Martha's Vineyard. But you know what? It's great the reaction that Martha's Vineyard had to the kidnapped people that got sent yeah. them by DeSantis. That was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it really was. Uh, I got to say, we and it's been a while since we did the podcast. I know it's old news, but I have to throw it out there. Uh, the fact that the my pillow guy had his phone stolen or not stolen, sorry, no, had his phone no, 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 taken, no, no. you know, by the FCs, by the FBI at and he puts it out there at a Hardee's and Hardee's instantly rolls up their sleeve and goes not to just any Hardee's in Mankato, Minnesota. But the great that's thing, where he lives. 
But have you been following the Hardys Twitter page oh, ever yeah. since it? No, I have not myself. Are you really have not? No, I don't. Oh, dude, like instantly because it breaks the yeah. news and it's a big. This is actually my first time hearing about this oh, story. Because oh, so wow. so just like when when this when the search happened at Merlago, the FBI didn't put it out there. Yeah, they didn't call <laughs> Fox News in advance. The FBI didn't make a big thing. He says. I was going through the drive-thru at Hardee's. I was coming out of Hardee's when they took my phone. Yeah. The next day, Hardee's was well, like, is that Was that on, like, True Social that he did it? Or is it his own podcast or his YouTube channel? Or is, like, it's his own kind of channel. Did he put it out he has there. his own channel. My right? pillow space. So, Hardee's. Yeah. Yeah. The next day, now that you know who we are, you yeah. have to come in and try our pillow soft biscuit. Uh. And then they just double down. Every tweet for the next week wow. was all about that and stuff like that. Wow. It was it was like, you know what, guys? We just backed into a marketing windfall here. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, corporations can be good sometimes. I don't know. Well, then a good evil. It was they, oh, like, oh, the person running the Twitter account. Look, they might be an evil company. They probably are their big company, but they're not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and it's funny. And, you know, I don't even want to talk about it, but with all the things happening at what point do you think you know donnie four scoops is gonna start screaming out shut down all the <laughs> shut down all the garbage mattress on the detention wing the, the walls are closing in yeah all right all right you know i mean everything is like in the last week so many things in the january 6th thing like they, they got renewed Season two is coming back next nah. week, but but literally he's going to start screaming, shut down all the garbage mash in the detention wing, and then uh, ah, no, the Putin thing. Anyways, now let's get into the real crime, the crime that's riddling Biff's beloved homeland, not not Canada. I, no. I, I can see your mistake there. Certainly not this shithole. No, God, no. No, no. You know, the place he holds a passport to. Well, I mean, you know, most of the time I just talk about these little goofy things like, you know, stealing frozen foods from us, you know, an unmanned, you know, retail store and stuff like that. But this week is really, I mean, we are talking about the Japanese organized crime. It is an organized crime incident. It is a Yakuza incident. Ooh. And, you know, so uh, thankfully, the Japanese police stepped in and arrested these seven members of the of uh, one of the uh, Japanese... Uh, Yakuza's and you know and obviously they they committed the heinous crime of um leasing an office building within 200 meters of a school <gasps> no wait i'm not done gasping okay <laughs> so, so biff had us watch a clip and it's like guess the crime and right it was like, crime. yeah that, that's a yeah what is that that, that, that i was wondering i was, I was gonna that you would catch yeah i was gonna ask if you were gonna play a clip <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, you know, I was wondering if you're going to catch on to see, see, you know, catch on to the 200 M. Is it, you know, is oh, that 200 right. meters? What I, does that mean? So I was, you know, I was entranced by the, the there was a yellow arrow right. pointing to the right. Right. And I was like, right. Oh, this right. means something. Like, wait, look, look, wait, first of all, Biff, you threw out the word meters. Let me make something really clear in this. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know. Biff, there are two kinds of countries those who follow the metric system. And those who've landed on the moon. So, <laughs> so you know Wait, what? the Russians? Have, I don't know. Uh, they didn't, actually, did they land on the moon? I don't know who else landed on the moon, but I saw that the other day. That's and I'm funny. like, that's pretty That's anyway, pretty funny. Yeah. You know what was great about it? It's like, essentially, they were reported by, essentially, you know, people in the neighborhood who essentially 
complained about people like smoking cigarettes and getting drunk outside this, you know, this area. Now, my favorite part of this though was the was a defense where they said, well, you know, we we admit to hanging around there, but this is not our office. <laughs> like that's how they're basically denying, you know, they're you know pleading their innocence that they're saying, yeah, we were, you know, we frequent the area, but um not our office. Yeah, they pled okay. guilty to loitering, but not <laughs> yeah. so much the other thing. You know what's funny about the Yakuza is that, uh, they, you know, they make a hell of a topic for a video game because there are like eight yeah. different Yakuza games. And my son is like, he like we have them on Xbox Game Pass and he's playing through all the Yakuza games. So, yeah, they're really fun. Anyway, well, I, I, I think, think I'm going to instill a uh, carnival personnel rule going forward. I think you're back me. Biff, no more Yakuza stories. Yakuza that don't have cantatas, you know. Yeah. You, 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 well, you're gonna hit you know, with, you know, Yakuza. I, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this about. So, like, the funny thing about this is, is that both sides, you know, both the you know the law enforcement and the yakuza side have acknowledged that they're yakuza. Like they, it's this, it's this recognized thing in Japan, right? Like they, you know, they are, they are kind of self compliant you know, proclaimed. We are this, you know, the the term that they use is you know boryokudan, which kind of like it's kind of like a you know a violence unit. It's kind of you know kind of roughly translates to, but mm. they kind of both acknowledge you know the their existence. Like yeah, yeah, we're you know we're so saying the right? good cop, bad cop, basically. Right, right. You know, I don't know. And it, you know, it's yeah, yeah, it's funny because the right the American Italian um the Italian mafia, they're like you know they 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 were like wrestlers who would deny that wrestling was written <laughs> right, and you know right. like oh there's no such thing as a no, mafia. Thing. what are you talking about yeah yeah whereas the yakuza are like no yeah the cops know we know we just we have an understanding we there's a lesson we have an understanding yeah. uh, and you know what's funny that in the 90s i think there were like um yakuza protests where they marched because they were feeling you know feeling that their rights were being violated oh my god i thought you were gonna say there was a like yakuza pride parades well I was just like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> That's and, a lot. And I remember the Prime Minister of Japan, when that those things happened, came out and said, look, there's fine people on both sides. Don't and mention remember, the Prime Minister of Japan remember, from that. It's a little uh, sensitive. Pull the ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get right you know, into We have a live one, too, still. You know, that guy's, that's the old guy. So we just have a living Prime Minister of Japan. Just- I understand, yeah. Uh, so now to your domain, uh, Joe, yeah. what's happening in the video game world? What's happening in your video game world? Oh, Keep in mind that we talked about this on the last podcast, so they don't know this one. Of course. Let me think back to way back to this morning. Um, <laughs> as I was leaving for work, I am uh, back up a little bit. So we are currently we, we're renting a a unit in a duplex we've been renting for like 12 years our landlord was using the other unit in our duplex as his it was his formerly his home but he had since moved to another house and you he was using it as a storage unit basically and so we were you know basically living alone as the only family in this one house for over a decade he's getting on in years and he decided to sell um, so, you know, we have been trying to find a place, couldn't find a place where, you know, so now he did finally sell the house and we have a, a new landlord and, you know, it's, that's neither here nor there. So the new landlord is gutting the old place 
and there's a lot of stuff. Like he was a, kind of a hoarder. Like he had like a lot of stuff in his unit over there. <clears throat> like the other day, they hauled out a piano, and I didn't. I only know about this because the piano movers barged into my house, thinking I was the guy that you know hired them to fucking move the piano. I was like, no, 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 that's next door. Um, so this morning I'm leaving for work. And they've been leaving, like, the trash that they've hauled out, like, in their driveway, like, from the night before or whatever for the next day's pickup. And it's a lot of, like, a lot of, they, they had, like, a lot of trash laying out. And, the, and and a lot of it looked, like, usable. Like, there was, like, chairs and things like that and recognizable objects. It wasn't just, like, you know, carpet rolled up. And I see on, a, like, one of the trash heaps a keyboard, like a computer keyboard. And I'm a big, you know, nerd. And my 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 nerd dar instantly like. What was that? That device's name C O M P. Oh, okay, all right, okay. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. I was rudely interrupted by technology, <laughs> by uh, ironically a computer, computer. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I see I see this thing, you know, and I'm like, my nerd dar goes off, and I'm like, wait a minute, that looks like a an old. You know, like 80s computer and i walk over to it and lo and behold it is what i think it is it's a coleco atom computer from like 1983 or 80 it was discontinued in 85 but it had pretty much everything like including the box like and and the collector's market like this type of stuff goes for you know hundreds of dollars and they were just throwing this out so what do I do? I don't have any pride. So I just rooted through all the trash. Literally, like, you know, took the big parts out, hauled them into the house. Then I went back to find, like, this thing must have had tapes or something that went with it. So I'm, like, going through, like, meticulously. Like, there were like, two trash barrels with, like, a bunch of, like, you know, uh, uh, glassware and, like, uh, tools and, like, screw jars and, you know, like trinkets and shit like that and i'm like and then finally i do see like a pile of like tapes i'm like there they are so i like yeah so and i even brought the cardboard in even though it was a little wet from the night before because there was like a passing shower that ran through but the 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 lid is in like pretty very good condition it's just the bottom part is like wet and stuff but i dried it out i was dry <laughs> and it came with the styrofoam too, and I packed the styrofoam. I am such a pathetic loser. And then you make Kelly LeBrock. Yes, that's it. That's phase two. Um, I wish, man. You know, what? I did try that once when I was a kid. When I after I watched Weird Science, I used my color computer three from Tandy, and I I drew boobs on a screen, and I go and I plug my. And were you being bullied by Iron Man too? Yes. Yeah. It was. I was like, this movie speaks to me, and uh, it didn't work though. I, uh, you know what? I didn't get struck by lightning. That's what it was. The house didn't get struck by lightning. Uh, that was my one fatal flaw. But yeah, so I salvaged this Coleco Adam from the garbage, and what pisses me off is that he had a Coleco Adam next door from me for the past ten years, and I had no <laughs> idea. I could have been doing so many things, but this thing, the the, the kicker to the Coleco Adam, is that. <clears throat> It doubles as a ColecoVision. You can play ColecoVision games into it because it has not only a keyboard, but a, uh, controllers and stuff. But I watched a video on this Coleco Atom, and it's like the eight fatal flaws of the Coleco Atom. And it's like, oh my God. Because here's the design thing it comes with it's a keyboard, it's a computer, a keyboard with controllers, and a printer. And I'm like, oh, cool, a printer. 
And the thing about this printer is, can you <laughs> shut this motherfucker off? Um, anyways, now I understand, you know, I, it's not that a woman's interrupting me. It's that a, a computer. Never mind. I'm getting off on a bad tangent here. Let me reset here. But the thing about the printer hookup is that you have to power on the printer when you run the computer because the computer's power supply is in the printer. Oh my God. So the printer has a cord that runs to the computer and then you can, you know, turn it on from there. And it has like a, a low hum. It doesn't, it's not very loud, but the thing about this printer is that it has a daisy wheel and what it, it <laughs> so it's a daisy wheel printer. It's not like a dot matrix, like, you know, it's a daisy wheel. It's an electric typewriter, essentially. And the the default program on this computer, when you don't put any tapes, and that's the other thing, it doesn't have any disk drives. It only has a tape deck in the front because it uses like a proprietary tape um, format. But it's basically, it's a, it's a, the the core system is just a souped up electric typewriter. So you have to hook it up to a TV. I had to use that with that you know the thing that you hooked the Atari yep, up to. Yep. I had to use that in like my monitor. And um but my son is loving it. Like he loves like old tech as much as I do because he's my son and you know yeah. what else is he gonna do? Apple doesn't run too far from Exactly. Computer. And it's rotten to the core just like it's <laughs> um but he was like yeah he was loving like typing you know a sentence into like, even though he has a you know he lives in the future and like he's like loving just like typing into this thing and then hitting print and then, you know, hearing the printer very competently. Well, mostly competently just type out whatever he wrote down on a piece of paper. And it's just like it, the, just it's like it's like the uh, Pee Wee's Herman's breakfast machine of, of yep, yep. word processing. You know, it's like, oh, no, I got to, you know. It's like a Rube Goldberg, you know, to like, I got to make sure there's enough eggs in this hatch to, you know, release at the right time so I can print out the paper. That hits the domino. Yeah. Right. All all to print out a report. Um, But it it, it also comes with. I do need those GPS reports. But it it does come packed in with a, and it hasn't been opened because it was purchased by a 40 or 50 year old man at the time. It comes with a game on tape called um it was like buck rogers space adventure oh my god yeah and it's sealed fantastic. but it's sealed so i, I dare not right. open it to play it right oh and the other great thing about this that i learned from the youtube video is that the printer emits such an electronic pulse when you turn it on that if there's a data pack in the computer when you turn it on or off it risks the, the electronic pulse could possibly erase oh the data on the tape. Oh. And in the original manual, it told people to put the data tapes in the computer before you turn it on. And then, you know, they were like, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. You got to turn on the printer and then put the tape in, do your work, save it, take the tape out, <laughs> and then turn it off. And then it's just Sweet like, Lord. and, you know, this thing was delayed like by six, nine months on launch. It was like a weird, so. People were like, you know, they looked at this thing like, yeah, this looks like it could be a cool thing to buy. Oh, it's not at the store? Hmm, what other computer can I buy? Oh, the Commodore 64. Boom. Yeah, that's what I'll buy, and that's what people did buy. And then this thing just was, it's just, it's such a monstrosity. And the box, the box you could play hockey on. This thing is like, (laughs) 
It's like four feet long by two feet wide. It's like a oh coffin. It's my coffin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just found my coffin. Uh, you chop me in half, oh, uh, put me in, take it. the styrofoam out, <laughs> and put me in this the, the atom box. Cause I, You'd probably be happy being buried in an yeah, atom box. Just, yeah. you, what, you know, yeah. seriously, God bless you. So anyway, so yeah, I found uh, 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 of all places, uh, right under my nose. Right there the whole time? Yes. It was right there the whole time? Yeah, I know. Uh, Joe also brought me uh, from the treasure trove, 1983 sealed packet of Superman cocoa, hot cocoa. Yes. You want to show Biff? <laughs> I, yeah. It's to your other side. It's on the other side. No, no, no. That's the other. Oh, no. You already showed him. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. But yes, as you can see. Yep. I will let you know how it is, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wrapping up uh, video game stuff, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Price is Right, uh, Mr. AJ. Huge, huge FIFA fan. And Joe and I have never played, I mean, maybe a little Techno Bowl back in the day, maybe a little Atari hockey, but we're not sports video game guys, not really sport guys. Um, I, however, because Joe, again, like everything good in my life comes from Joe. Sorry, management. Uh, Everything good in my life comes from Joe. Joe sends me a clip the other day and says, no spoilers, season three of Ted Lasso. No, it was a trailer, and it's like uh, it was a Ted Lasso trailer, and I said no spoilers, I promise, because he doesn't like watching trailers. So the promo is for FIFA 23, the new EA Sports video game right, right, installment, right. where you get to play a- as AFC Richmond, and you get to be Ted Lasso. You know, so Ted Lasso. Oh, that's cool. And at the end of the promo, that is, cool. and in the promo, there's like you know characters from the show. You know, doing like test little mini testimonials about Ted Lasso um, to the you know to like an off-screen interviewer, and then I- including Roy Kent, and who who says the F word that they bleep, <laughs> and, and then you see like an actual like rendered uh, Ted Lasso in the game, you know, coaching from the sidelines, and you hear EA Sports. It's in the game. I'm in the game, and I sound like the guy who's in the game, and it's it's Jason Sudeikis <laughs> pretending to be the EA guy. He's like, woo, I just kind of sound like the guy, don't I? And then the real guy goes, Yes, Ted, you do. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. Like I've I there's been it's been a while since I've been this excited about a game. So I'm gonna get FIFA the day comes out. Oh I'm gonna God. play Rory Kent. I'm taking a week off of work if I had a job. You're gonna have to learn how to play soccer, <laughs> you know. Well, it's supposed to be like really good. Like a lot of people who are not necessarily fans of the sport, like it's the same thing with the you know, NHL games, right? Oh yeah. A lot of people who play the hockey games. Don't even like the sport. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hate the people who play it even more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so moving on to sport, we'll make this really quick as we're running along. Uh, is it any surprise to either one of you fine gentlemen that Brett Favre is a piece of shit? Does that, does that? Well, I mean, he, I mean, he's the guy that sent the dick pics, you know, to the, uh, right? Well, oh, that was Brett. So, like, wasn't, already... that, wasn't that Big Ben? No, no, no. Well, Big, Big Ben had Big ben a, was a rapist. Oh, that's the rapist. rapist, right? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah Dick Picks. Yes, please. you're right. Dick Picks. <laughs> right, right. Big Ben is a rapist. Kept his NFL career. Brett Farson's Dick Picks kept his NFL career. Tom Brady took a million dollar PPP loan in a year in which him and his wife collectively made eighty six million dollars. Uh, has his career. Call him the Kaepernick. Whatever happened to that? Yeah, whatever happened. You know, he just fa- flamed out. 
you know, yeah. just, just. Well, you know, you know, he did all the wrong things. Yes, he did. He he, he stole money from the poorest people in the port. No, no that wasn't him. That, well, no, so, but have you, yeah, so that's that's part of the thing, right? So have you seen that a lot of the backlash on this is the, is a combination of, um, you know, the media outrage? is all over what? Well, we're getting yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Jacques, explain to right. anybody who's listening. Okay, right. What are you talking about with Brett Favre? So That's Brett right. Brett Favre, um, Favre lives in Mississippi, the poorest state in the union, and he was able to procure five million dollars from the state from a fund from a welfare fund that was going to the poorest people in the poorest state, and he concocted this plan with the then governor of the state to get the money to build a new gymnasium, a new volleyball court for his daughter's high school where his daughter was playing volleyball at the time. And the text messages have come out where he flat, flat out knew what he was doing, what he was doing. Wrong. Was well, college, he, but, yeah. he questioned yeah. what it was. It was like, this right. seems super illegal, isn't it? And then she's like, don't worry about it. You know, you slab a meat, you. I know yeah. what I'm doing. Well, the, you know, everything's fine. I'm the governor. Well, I call the but shots. But he says, I just don't want the media to find out. Like, uh, right. Brett's the one who says, I don't want the media to find right. out. Right. I'm fine with the money. I just don't want the media to find out. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So so now now you take it, Biff, of the fall. Well, no, I mean, I, I guess so. The Some of the other, so obviously, right, taking, taking money from, you know, it, it, like you said, you know, the poor state. And taking money intended for the people most in need for something that is essentially right, just you know, what is that, right? Uh, but there's been a lot of the backlash against the uh, the sports outlets for essentially recently going on and on about the Deshaun, you know, Watson case where Deshaun Watson and his, you know, his sexual um, uh, is, it, is it technically sexual assault, but you know, his situation that got him suspended this year. They're, they're alleging that they went on and on about this or they went on and on about uh, Michael Vick and his, uh, you know, uh, you know, his dog abuse. fighting. Yeah. And so, you know, so it, go, it kind of goes back to that. And I don't know if that's actually true as much as to say that in the end, right? Like people are, the thing that's kind of really annoying is that, you know what? We should be talking about how much attention this story got, right? We should be talking about the fact that this is the story, right? Who cares about, okay, we didn't give him enough attention when we were, you know, we're jumping all over Deshaun Watson. You know, the, I think the point really is, is that we just need to really, you know, kind of follow the story and go into the story and make sure, you know, this thing is rectified, right? No, so, I mean, I mean, the Boston Celtics coach got suspended for the year for having a consensual relationship, like, but inter-office romances are looked down upon. Um, he's married. I, I don't know if it's a morality clause, but here's another black guy who gets fired, and that's all that was on the news today, yeah. you know, at yeah. least in Boston, it was, you know, but it was like the front story on CNN this morning. It was a front story in the Huffington yeah. Post that, you know, the black guy consensual sex gets fired for. Or well, gets suspended I, I, for I think year. I think I think that's 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 the thing that that's really bad about it. Right. I mean, it's it's really, you know, I mean, it's, it's also really an HR violation. It's literally a sexier story. It is. It yeah. is. But stealing yeah. money from the poorest people in the poorest state. That's yeah. a bummer, man. You know, it, it, but it yeah. should. And, and again, it, it wasn't like a squeaky clean guy. This is a guy who always had kind of a reputation of being a dick. Then, you know, the, the, the NFL. I don't even know if he got suspended for sending the dick pics to the 
to the cheerleader. I think it was like his last year or second to last year. Yeah, it was the the oh, he used to play for the Jets, right? Yeah. Right. And I, I think they thought that was punishment <laughs> enough. <laughs> right. I thought that was punishment enough. So, uh, but uh, uh, Paul, do you think it was punishment enough? <laughs> Oh, do you want to tell that story? You want to, what, the no, Dave, okay. Uh, the Dave Letterman fall. If you have been to a, Oh God, no, I forget. That so the, um, it is sad how, I don't know if it's sad. It's interesting how dialed out of sports I am. When I said, yeah, when the Bruins lost their last playoff game, I haven't turned on sports radio or even looked anything up at all. And it wasn't until like a couple weeks ago, week one, it was like the third quarter of the Pats game, and I only knew this because I'm scrolling on Twitter, I'm watching a Star Wars thing with the kid, and somebody's like, oh, I can't believe Belichick just made that call, or something like that. I'm like, oh, fuck, football story. So I ended up watching it, last- it, was, it. You know, it was really weird because, you know, last week, the Steelers lost to the Patriots, and like, oh, I'm getting nothing. I don't think he's even watching, you know? Well, well the funny thing is, because we, you know, we were trying to do a podcast last week, and my schedule didn't work one day, yours yeah, didn't, things yeah. got screwed around, but I texted Biff at about 2.30. I'm like, hey, do you want to jump on and do a podcast? And I didn't hear back. And then it was like an hour later. I'm like, not only are the Patriots playing, they're playing his steel. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm that dialed out. And, and honestly, I, w- I was, I don't want to brag, <clears throat> I was playing Resident Evil 2 at the time. Whoa, yeah, the re- remake? Wow. You know, yeah, the remake. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, sir, what's the score of the Patriots game? Oh, they're winning a couple minutes left, so I had it stream on the radio. I didn't even go in the other room and turn now, on the TV. Now, now to be fair, I, 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 barely wa- I barely watched the Steelers, you know, also. I mean, I, it was kind of on because I was actually uh, working at the time, so I actually never saw your text for whatever yeah. reason, and I figured that you would text me, but I was actually doing uh, work back then, and it was kind of background music. And then he yeah, checked the like... spam folder and found yeah. your text. <laughs> and... <laughs> so, But, you know, it's three, three weeks to hockey season. Yeah, yeah. So, are you? You know, let's just chat a, a couple seconds. So, She Hulk, we already talked about. Joe's watching. He jumped off the bandwagon, not loving. It. Look, I get. You know, it's not. It's not for everybody. Is it the fourth wall stuff? Is it the campiness? Is it's it no. The- it's the bad writing. It's like it's just um, the the insufferable characters. You just say she- green women. You racist fucking peas. <laughs> I'll show myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really about like it's just it seems like it's it's a it's a great cast. The actors are great. The production value is good. The CG is passable. All that's fine. <laughs> it's the it's the 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 just the corny writing. It's like they're not doing it like you know there's that uh, that that thing in the Simpsons where they're trying to, you know, they're watching the itching, scratchy, poochy show, and they're like promising about getting to the fireworks factory. And like they're seeing signs about getting to the fireworks factory. And then Poochie comes in and interrupts Itchy and Scratchy's trek to the fireworks factory. And they're like focusing on Poochie. And Millhouse is watching, uh, you know, in the living room. And it's like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? And that's me every episode. When are they going <laughs> to get to the fireworks factory? You see, like, she's attacked in one episode. And. You know, this happens and that happens and she's pissed about this. They spend a whole episode because the the, the whole her versus Titania thing is just like it's so everybody is so reprehensible and gross and annoying. She's fine. Like Jennifer uh, Walters is fine. She looks fine. 
she she has to deal with like all these like just despicable like asshole like these annoying assholes <laughs> and i'm like why do i care about this why do i why do I want to? I don't care what I want them all to die in a fire. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. I want She-Hulk to light the fire of the. You know, get all these other characters in the room, burn it to the ground, and she walks away with a blazing in the See, background. I like the fact that you have critiques that aren't. Hey, man, when did it become the MCU? Because a lot of people mm. are upset because the last few oh, movies I, I were re- all. I read reviews on IMDb.com. Yes. Yeah, and it's like wow. Misogyny is alive and well. Oh yeah, I mean, the, but no, but, but it's no, just, you bring up it's, real it's like critiques. It, it, even I don't. Did you watch a lot? You didn't watch. I haven't watched last. There, so yeah, I mean, it's the um, there. There's not enough of like they'll leave. They'll leave the end of each episode with like a little bit of like a bigger thing cliffhanger. Like there's a bigger thing happening behind the scenes. Like you know, she's dealing with all these like petty. L- lawyer things and her relationship and it's like ally mcbeal you know right, but it's right. like who fucking cares? Allie McBeal. It, no it kind of is like it's structured oh like a, an ally mcbeal right. type show but there's no through line you know um it's kind of like they had like my wife actually kind of pointed this out she she likes the show but and she's kind of upset at how much i don't like the show <laughs> but um she uh she agrees with me that like there's there seems to be like everybody's writing their own episode of She-Hulk, and then at the end like they like they all handed it into the showrunner, and the showrunner's like, okay, I got seventeen, I got seven different stories, but I got to stitch them all together to make a patchwork quilt to make it all kind of tie together somehow, and that's <sighs> what. It, so like an episode will end with like you know something bigger is happening, and then the next episode it's like reset. Uh oh, uh, Ally McBeal can't fit into her shoes. You know, it's just like, who fuck? I mean, not Ally McBeal. Like, it was in the back of my head. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, She Hulk can't fit into her clothes. She has to find a designer to, you know, you know, uh, custom fit her so when she shrinks and grows, it doesn't make sure that that designer is your flamboyant gay guy. I don't mind that. I don't care no, about. No, no, but all the tropes that are. Oh right. yeah, I mean, like, uh, um, I'm spoiling it. There's a fucking air horn in this episode. Like the, the the you know the, the the stock air horn. There's like a DJ playing an air horn. Um, there there's a there's a joke that I've seen done in a South Park movie 25 years ago. <laughs> that like it's it not like all these jokes are. Were jokes. They were jokes. These were X jokes. Were jokes. Right. They're like X jokes. It's like the you know that that they they decided to put into a TV show, and we're expected to laugh at them and have oh. a good time. And I just don't give a shit. And then at the end, the, ooh, something bigger is happening. Yeah. At the end, something bigger is happening. Well, I, I did lose my shit. I didn't see this week's episode, but the the thing when she goes to pick up her costume and you see, oh yes, what's in the box. I don't right. want to say in case somebody saw. Right, it. there's a there's a teaser. Yeah, I was like, some, ah, ah. right, right, right. Well, guess what? It's not in this episode. <laughs> you gotta wait. Um, so I was just kind of surprised that. It, with the repeated Ally McBeal references that it, that never went to, you know, because Calista Flockhart is Harrison Ford's wife, right? She I don't know if it's still yes. was, is, you know. And she was in Supergirl. Yeah. But yes, DC. she was. She was great. She was great in Supergirl. Oh, yeah. She really, really was. Right. That was a, that actually had like a funnier, like funnier comedy than, uh, uh, God forbid. I do. No, this is, this is a new one. What's that? This is a new Supergirl. She's so, 
Calissa Flockhart is still active. I haven't seen her in ages, Yeah, yeah. So. And do you remember Calissa Flockhart's assistant's name that you yell out for? Miss uh, Ta- Flockhart! <laughs> she would right. say it the same way Gene Hackman did. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. It, 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 it was right, awesome. Right, but yeah, so She-Hulk, it's like, it started off okay, and then it's like, okay, what's happening? Oh, this is kind of fun, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, this might, something might happen next episode. Nope. No, I guess we're doing this. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, but they're teasing something. Maybe this is going somewhere. Ooh, they're bringing this person back. Oh, no, really? Okay, well, I guess we're going to, we're going shopping this episode. All right, I guess that's what's happening. This this not catching up with fun. Like, I don't really know her music, but I know the name Megan the Stallion, and she was, her role, her arc was pretty funny, I think. The whole thing that that guy, you think, you, anyways, we Uh, won't give it away. Um. So open. So getting yeah. back to the TV recommendations. I'm sorry. You, did you want to talk about She-Hulk? No, too? no, no, no. I like it, but I get you, all your criticisms are fair. Biff, not, a, not. It's not all great. Before well, I'm, I'm, hockey, yeah. are you watching anything? I am psyched. October seventh, and maybe your better half might be psyched. Um, it might end up being really bad. It probably will end up being really bad. But there is a Hellraiser reboot on Hulu. Ooh. Oh. And you know that's one of my favorite horror franchises. So yeah, I like, I'm really psyched for that. As a teen, as a young boy and teenager, I did like the design, the design of Pinhead. Is this a yeah. series or a movie? It's a so I think it's a reboot. And um, he it's 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 a new director that I can't remember. He apparently did a movie recently that fared well, so they gave it to him, kind of a thing. But yeah, so it's going to be on Hulu on October seventh. Um, so yeah, like I said, I've watched. Uh, open all night. Highly suggest watching the episodes on YouTube. Uh, I finished Only Murders in the Building, which is great. Um, but Joe and I stumbled upon the Conan O'Brien did a pilot with Adam West uh, in the eighties called Look Well, and it turns out that oh Steve, Ma- yeah, that Steve Martin's character is very much like like the Adam West character. Very <laughs> no, no, seriously, Brannigan. I played Brannigan. You know, he, you know, Adam West, the whole thing is he was a cop, a TV cop, and there was like 10 cop shows that were similar, and people kept confusing what yeah. cop show he was in. And that's Steve Martin's character in this. He was a, in a cop show in the 80s, and people kind of remember it, but were you in this one or were you in that right. show? Uh, but but it's great. Uh, you know, I, I didn't touch because we haven't talked in a long while. Uh, either one of you guys see Nope? No. Not overhyped. Oh yeah, I haven't. My son has in the so he highly recommended it, so I do want to see it. But it I, I'm not gonna run Jordan it. Peele. Yeah. Yep, dude's fucked up. Mm. Dude is yeah. fucked up in yeah. all the best ways. Good. And and this yeah. is not overhyped. Like right. the management and I want to see it when it first came out, it was several weeks later. Everybody's saying it's great. We finally saw it, and the boys even loved it. The Don't boys she hulked like, me on this because I might watch it. They, 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 yeah, but whatever. at the very end, when you find Whoa! out he was dead the whole time. Oh my <laughs> he god! He was the one, oh. and 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 the village yeah. was really. Oh no! <laughs> um, and what about the happening? What happened? Oh, M Night Shyamalan's coming out with a new movie. That's right. Yeah, I was going to mention. I saw the trailer too. for that. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Dave Bautista is like one of the things, oh. and it's actually compelling. Yeah. It's called like yeah. uh, something like the like the. A weekend in the cabin or something cabin it's about right uh, Cab- yeah something is a cabin yeah yeah it's about uh two gay uh, men and their daughter go to spend like a weekend in the cat and like a woodsy cabin all alone yeah. and then all of a sudden like these four guy people come up out of nowhere and like it basically say like we're here to prevent the apocalypse 
and you you have to make a choice that's going to if you don't make if you refuse to make the choice the end of the world is going to happening but you have to make this choice and it's and it looks really weird and compelling and probably it will be disappointing in execution so i can't <laughs> <laughs> i look forward we to ha- that we have left the M. Night Shyamalan train. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I didn't, although I didn't see Glass, I'm sure that's a very really good movie. Or, or oh, Split. What was it? It is. Whatever. It Those is. ones are good. Those yeah. ones are good. Those, like, yeah, but, you know, it, because he he doesn't, Unbreakable comes out. Yes. Unbreakable, right? And that Unbreakable thing, yeah. is so fucking good. I liked it a lot. It is so yeah. fucking good. And yeah. then he had a run of duds. Yes. Lady and, in the Water. Yeah. You know, and then and the, the villain, not the villain. Well, the village was kind of. But a Lady dog. in the Water was like at, at the time the only movie because because my buddy Bill ran Legendary Pictures. It was the only loss in the theaters that they had at the time. Paul Giamatti oh was a star of it. And it yeah, kind of like yeah. It, the Mel Gibson one I saw in the theater. That was the third movie. So he so he did he did um, Unbreakable, un, un, fucking so good. But then he had all those duds, and so when he went to do Split. Basically, he had to self-fund that, hmm. and it was a shoestring budget. It was few locations. Did he shoot in Philadelphia? <laughs> I can't remember the guy. I, I wish I was better with the actor's name, but the guy who was the split personality guy, he's like, right, right, right. he plays like 28 different roles yeah. in it, you know? And, it's, and that does so surprisingly well. They're like, yeah. okay, we're going to give you money to finish this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you and do, then, a, do a trilogy. And then Mr. It's Glass the, was great. He was the guy that was uh, in the, uh, what, he did the X-Men Yes, like, yes, he was. He was. Like, right? Yes, yes, yeah. he played. Um, he played. Uh, uh, the young Magneto. Young, young Magneto, Magneto, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're wrapping up. You guys got a a, a uh, parenting tip? Yeah, quick one. You know what? When opportunity comes to uh, teach life lessons that you didn't think about teaching, uh, yeah, take advantage of it. Um, my son got a collection letter this week. Ooh. And the reason why he got it was because um, he he got some medical treatment. And then he signed up for the medical treatments, you know, the website, but he never turned on the notifications. So he opted into electronic uh, notification and turned on zero notification. Yeah. So he received none of the, he did not receive the bill that prompted the, the login creation. And then now, you know, by law, you're required, they're required to send you this collection letter, right? Yeah. So I you know, explained to him, and you do this, right? Turn that stuff on. And when you get this, this is not a bill. It is called a collection letter. And if you don't deal with it quickly, it's going to have adverse effects on your credit score. So, yeah. Wow. And did he, does he realizes he lives in America and that medical stuff isn't free, right? Like he's like <laughs> expected to pay uh, and dearly probably for the uh, the rest of his life. I mean, to be fair, what <laughs> in America is free? I mean, freedom isn't free. No, in this country, it, so it, it costs folks like you and me. Right. Free is just another word. Yeah, um, and if you don't ship in your buck oh five, who will? Uh, Biff, did uh, ha- have you have you sat him down and made sure that he has canceled his Earthlink account? Uh, you know, what about you, Joe? You you uh, you got Well, hey, it's your parenting tip. Hey, don't walk by trash. It looks like it might be a nineteen eighty two. One man's game. trash is another man's Cleco Adam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I guess you know just. Uh, Sharing, you know, sometimes doing things that you like with your kids uh, is good. And you can share in these small experiences. And, you know, they can also take these um, um, obsessions with them in in their young lives. And then when they get expendable income, they can blow it all in this fucking stupid (laughs) shit from the past trying to recapture their childhood. Anyway, 
I want to thank everybody for listening to Carnival Personnel. <laughs> I want to thank Biff and Jacques for having me on. And I also want to thank the fine people at Cot. This episode <laughs> of Carnival Personnel is brought to you by Cot, makers of instant cocktail mixes like instant Tom Collins mix. That's right. You and your girl can have an instant Tom Collins. You know when you, well, actually, your girl can make this for you when you come home from work after a long, hard day of slaving at the office and slapping your secretary's ass. <laughs> you, you know, your ass gets pretty chapped and, and hot from slapping it on a secretary's ass all day. Uh-huh. Cool that handoff with a ice-cold Tom Collins. That's right. It's gin and lemonade. Um, how can they sell an alcoholic beverage? Um in a box, they you can't. They can't. You have to just add gin. This is instant Tom Collins mix. It's twelve individual servings in hermetically sealed packets. That's right, hermetically sealed. That's how you know this stuff is expired because it has the word hermetically <laughs> written right on the box. Also, there's no best buy date because the law didn't uh, require the manufacturer to put one of those on there. They just assumed. You would not hold on to this for 70 years or however long this has been sitting in my landlord's apartment. Um, but it's uh, just add gin for a perfect Collins every time. And 75% of the time it works every time. <laughs> so that's from Cot Instant Cocktail Mixes, where fine trash is thrown out. And don't forget... Don't